Money FM 89.3. Best of your money. Money and me on your money. Only on Money FM 89.3. Good morning, Adam Reynolds from Asia Pacific CEO at Saxo Markets is joining us live. He'll give us his market overview and also give us all a glimpse at Saxo's first in the investment and brokerage space. By the way, they're offering bundle packages for investors. So, what access do the bundles provide, and how do they allow you to trade at better prices? All that coming up. But first, Adam, good morning. Welcome to the show. Good morning, Michelle. Great to be here again. Help us understand what's happening in the tech sector. So very. Very different stories when it comes to Meta. Uh, overnight, shares plunged 26%. And then in after hours for Amazon, we see a very different story there. It's currently up uh, more than 14%. Are the different profits causing you to rethink the tech sector in any way, reevaluate U.S. tech sector stocks? It really is a good question, Michelle. And I think, I think the bigger uh, comparison is really between Meta and Snapchat. And I think Snapchat was also up after hours uh, considerably. And I think that that just talks to the generational split um, that is occurring on the different uh, on the different social platforms. Um, you know, as a, as a somewhat uh, more grey-haired individual I'm <laughs> from the Facebook generation, but certainly my kids hate Facebook. They're they're definitely in the Snapchat and the Insta generation. And I think that um, you know, Meta, uh, whilst they own Instagram, they're they're not getting the same uh, dominance of that generation, perhaps that they had with uh, with our generation. So I think that's starting to show in the numbers as the growth in Facebook itself. Uh, starts to tail off. Amazon, of course, is a different story. It's a retail story. It's a story that's uh, got a lot of legs and has been going for a long time mm-hmm. and is very, very hard to bet against. But when we look at the broader tech sector, you know, I think that the valuations remain extremely high based on uh, very strong growth. So those country, uh, those companies that um, do not maintain that strong growth will continue to be punished. And in the broader market, you know, the inflation scare, the prospect of rising rates and the prospect of withdrawal of uh, or unwinding of the QE, uh, of reduction of the balance sheet of the Fed um, is still going to continue to weigh on stocks and, and will probably cause some more um, potential downside over the next few months. So Snap, you're right, up more than 60% on the back of its first ever quarterly profit. So as investors trying to make sense of these big swings, the question is, I think on many minds of retail investors, is it time to buy the dip? It is a great question as well. Um, to me, I don't think so yet. Uh, I think that there's um, definitely some potential more dislocation in the markets. As we head towards the March uh, FOMC meeting, uh, we saw from the ECB yesterday that they're starting to focus more on inflation now as well. Uh, the UK hiked rates yesterday as well. So we started to see more of a sell-off in fixed income. And I think that that is con- going to continue to buffet the market somewhat. So I think there's potential for a bigger dip than we've already had. Mm-hmm. Uh, we saw the S&P 500 down to uh, below 42.50 a few days ago. Uh, it bounced back pretty strongly, but I think we may retest those lows over the next two to three weeks. Speaking of major market factors, if we look at geopolitics and tensions building up between Russia and the West, uh, do you think these tensions could also prove to be a buying opportunity? They, they could be, yes. I, I think that the tensions are, are definitely causing uh, spikes in the oil price. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what the intentions of uh, President Putin are in Ukraine, no one really knows. Um, I think, you know, the build-up is, uh, is giving him uh, some options, but uh, I don't think anyone knows exactly what he's going to do. And I think that that 
push higher in the oil price adds to the jitters on inflation and is helping to push uh, prices down somewhat. And I'd love to get your take on the Singapore market and the SDI outperforming all major U.S. indices, the Dow, NASDAQ, S&P 500, even the Russell 2000 small cap indexes. They're a wash of red, um, but Singapore stocks, you know, moving in the different direction. So why are Singapore stocks seemingly counter-cyclical? I, I, I honestly couldn't couldn't give you a, a great answer on that, Michelle. You know, the Singapore market has um, has, has you know, the broader economy has uh, recovered well, mm-hmm. and I think uh, Singapore as, a, as an economy has has helped, or the, the government's policies have helped companies overcome uh, well on both uh, COVID broadly and and on Omicron. So maybe there's a perception that Singapore uh, is going to be coming out of this fairly strongly over the next few months, mm-hmm. especially as the government seems to be more consistent now with uh, with their policies towards COVID and there is a path to uh, seeing it as endemic. Well, thanks very much as always for helping us uh, decipher what's going on with markets. Let's turn to your bundle packages. Saxo, the first in the investment and brokerage space to offer these packages for investors and I understand Singapore is also the first international market where Saxo is rolling out pricing plans. So what access do your bundles provide and why do you think it's important that investors know exactly what they're paying or not paying for when they use a broker? Yeah, look, I, I think that there's the, yeah, the brokerage industry is awash with hidden fees, um, which is always a tricky thing for investors because you know they think they're paying one thing and they find a whole lot of other fees are being charged on them. So Saxo has always prided itself on being transparent. Um, but also we have a challenge at Saxo because we have such a huge, diverse group of customers. We have individuals who uh, want to be fairly static and invest in mutual funds and ETFs. We have more active long-only traders who may be stock pickers and may trade the market a little bit more regularly. And then we have very active long-short traders who may use leverage, who may use shorts, who may use CFDs and may use futures to pick the market in both directions. And putting a pricing uh, strategy together for all of those different client types is, is very difficult. So we feel the pricing plan really answers that question. Clients can choose a plan that suits them and that uh, fits into their trading or investment style. And the pricing plans create a lot of transparency. In addition, you know, having, uh, paying things like data costs uh, to exchanges is hugely expensive for clients if they choose one uh, data uh, set per exchange that they invest in. So we decided to bundle the cost of data into the plans uh, at a much better rate for our clients so they can get free US data, they can get even level two data in Europe. Uh, you know, in, the, in the higher plans, they can get Hong Kong and they can get uh, Singapore data. Mm. Hong Kong and Singapore data are very expensive, by the way, mm. um, because the exchanges charge a lot. Um, and we've decided to bundle that into the plans as well. So really it gives our clients a, a great uh, choice as to what best suits them. And we will be looking to advise the clients within the platform the, the, the plan that best suits them going forward. How are these plans developed? What were you hearing from your investors in terms of what they wanted? Yeah, we, we spent a lot of time uh, interviewing investors and, and, and trying to understand what their preferences were. You know, did they want free subscriptions to magazines or newspapers or the financial press? Did they want uh, uh, lots of little uh, gimmicky giveaways or stuff like that? But in general, no, the key asks were around the free data uh, and around consistent and, uh, and uh, low-cost pricing and around transparency. So they're the three 
um, pillars that we have built the plans on. And I think we've delivered very well. We've had a fantastic reception from those people, uh, the clients who have seen it so far. Mm -hmm. We have not been offering our existing clients to move over to it yet, but quite a few of them are coming and asking us to do that. And we'll be moving our existing clients over um, to the plans that they want to um, sometime uh, towards the end of this quarter or the beginning of next quarter. Okay, so for now, only for new um, new recruits, so to speak. And so these plans range from $5 to $145 on a subscription basis. Is that right? Yes, that's correct. Yep. All right. So how do they allow investors to trade at better prices? What allows you to be able to offer this? Yeah, so, so the, the $5 to $145 a month is really a commitment in commissions because you actually, you know, it's a prepayment of the commission or an agreement that you'll pay that much commission. We right. give you the amount that you pay as a commission credit back. So if you are currently, you know, doing sort of three, four trades a month, um, then it's a no-brainer to take the $5 plan because the commission rate that you're being charged on each of the different exchanges goes down from the, from the standard rate. And, uh, and so you get a better rate and um, you have prepaid some of it. If you use all those trades, then you know, you're, you're no worse off than you would be at all. Um, but you're getting a better rate for the, for the trades that you're doing and you're getting some free data into the package. The $145 diamond plan really is not for the average investor. Mm-hmm. It is for you know, high-frequency uh, traders, traders who are in the market all the time. Maybe they're trading futures. Maybe they're trading stocks uh, regularly. Maybe they're trading in the FX market. Um, you know, but they, they, they're basically a, a sort of semi-professional or professional traders. We don't expect um, a, a huge amount of, uh, of retail clients to take that, but we do have a lot of these professional traders because our platforms are so strong. And so we see a lot of interest in that end and the pricing there is very, very sharp. It's institutional quality pricing. So you've got this pricing spectrum that improves as you go from package to package. Mm-hmm. Every cent that you pay uh, in uh, in monthly charge is given back to you as a commission credit that you use during that month. And on top of that, you get increasing uh, levels of, uh, of uh, data, an increasing number of data um, exchanges that you get free data on as you go through the different packages. How are you able to offer these rates? Are you as a platform selling flow to hedge funds? Absolutely not. And we totally, totally uh, abhor that process of payment for order flow. It's something that we think is a, a, a very bad part of the industry. We think it's not in the interests of clients. Hedge funds are predatory by their nature and they use your flow uh, to make their decisions on the market and to drive the market against the retail investors as they start to identify where the weak points are. So we do not sell our flow to hedge funds. We never will want to do that. Um, we can do this because we have such a broad uh, a range of customers around the world. Mm-hmm. And so we get good buying power. We work with all of the major investment banks and we, can, we, can, uh, we have very good economies of scale for our platform because our platform is used by uh, you know, uh, close to a million people around the world. Always great speaking with you, Adam. Thank you for joining us. Thanks very much, Michelle. Great to talk to you again. Adam Reynolds is Asia-Pacific CEO at Saxo Markets. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.